Right. So last week we learned that uh, the the beginning is a absolute uh, beginning of uh, of history and uh, of of scripture, and so God created uh, everything uh, out of out of nothing, and that that was the beginning of uh, time, space, and uh, creation, and uh, all of the the creators. Uh, and we also uh, briefly discussed that uh, uh, the creation. Uh, if we look at the the whole Bible, that it's a, a Trinitarian work. It's the work of uh, the one true God, uh, the the Father, Son, uh, and the the Spirit, who uh, together share the the one uh, being of God. Uh, and we saw that uh, God is the uh, the uncreated Creator, and that He uh, rules over uh, over all things in creation. Uh, and we. We've also talked about how, uh, beginning with uh, Genesis uh, verses uh, one, one and two, uh, that that get, that starts the the introduction for for the whole book, um, and where God uh, brings the the heavens and the earth into existence, and then the the second verse, which we'll be looking at tonight, uh, that's going to provide us the the background information that we need to know uh, to understand the the six days uh, that. That follow, uh, and really looking at this, uh, th- this will be probably re- really the last area in Genesis chapter one where we'll deal with uh, tough trans- uh, translational uh, interpretive issues, uh, and so we'll we'll be looking at uh, this phrase uh, with without form uh, in in void. The earth was without form and void, uh, and some say, well, this is. Uh, this is a, a chaos, and uh, everything's in disarray and uh, disorder. Um, but uh, the other question is, or or uh, does it just mean that uh, that the earth is uh, barren and empty, and God's going to uh, to make it inhabitable, inhabitable, and uh, fill it with creatures? Uh, and then uh, the the darkness. Uh, there are some who say, well. Uh, darkness symbolically uh, in scripture uh, is a, a sign of, of evil, uh, and this is uh, ominous and eerie and worrisome, uh, or uh, is it none of those things and it, it's just, just plain old, old darkness and God's going to create, create light? Uh, and then uh, the final thing, uh, there's a word, uh, ruah, uh, ru- uh, the, the ruah of God. Uh, and there's a question, is this the, the Spirit of God? Uh, is this the, the Holy Spirit? Or is it the wind of God or, or a wind uh, from God? And so we'll, we'll be looking at that too. Uh, and then the, the importance of this is that uh, really it's going to influence how we understand the, the rest of the uh, chapter. Uh, and so th- this is the background and we have to lay the, the foundation here. Uh, and then the, the rest of the chapter will just... A flow from it. And let let me begin just by reading uh, from the the beginning uh, through the the third day, and you you can follow along if you'd like. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Uh, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And so, beginning where uh, this this comment about the earth is providing us information about the the newly created earth. In verse two, the earth was without form uh, and and void. Uh, and the the words uh, for uh, form and void uh, are uh, tohu and bohu. Uh, they they rhyme. Um, and typically, uh, most, most translations uh, just have something along the lines of uh, formless, uh, being formless and, uh, and empty. Uh, but we're, we're going to take a look uh, at what, this, uh, what these words mean. And most basically agree that bohu uh, is emptiness, uh, but uh, tohu, uh, there, there are more instances of that. There, uh, there are, it appears 20 times in the whole Old Testament, uh, and Bohu only appears three times, and all three of those times, uh, it's typically really close to uh, Tohu. They, they tend to be paired together. Uh, and so, uh, Kenneth uh, Matthews, who has a commentary on Genesis, uh, he, he explains uh, kind of the, uh, the, the discussion about these terms. He says, uh, some have taken the phrase tohu and bohu as a negative emptiness, uh, a dark abyss, like that of the Greek idea of primeval chaos. And so primeval is kind of in, in the beginning. Uh, a chaos is sort of like uh, sort of a, a, a disorder uh, when things are, are utterly like disorderly. Uh, he goes on, or alternatively, a disordered conglomerate a kind of watery mass uh, which opposes creation. Uh, the Septuagints, uh, the Septuagints, just the ancient Greek translation of the, the Hebrew Old Testament. The, the Old Testament is originally in Hebrew. Uh, the Septuagints, uh, unseen and unformed, 
uh, may have influenced the now common understanding chaos, an undifferentiated mass or vacuous non-entity. Uh, we will find that Tohu and Bohu describe a, a wasteland and a wasteland and empty land. Bohu is found only in Tohu and Bohu, uh, occurring in verse two, uh, and in Jeremiah chapter four, verse twenty-three. Uh, also, the two terms are in parallel at Isaiah thirty-four, verse eleven. Uh, the etymology of the word remains a mystery. And we are left with, with the meaning of tohu to clarify the sense of the, the couplet, the two of them together. And by etymology, he just means uh, the, the history of how did, how did these words uh, come into existence and, and take on their, their meanings over time as the languages developed. Uh, and so first, uh, one definition uh, that the Dictionary of Biblical Languages Hebrew gives uh, for tohu uh, is uh, a state of empty space, and so nothingness. Uh, so not having a shape uh, implied to be a state prior to order and form. Uh, so uh, just again, a state of empty space, uh, and so nothingness. Uh, and we see an example of this. Uh, I don't believe that this is quite the meaning uh, that we find in uh, verse 2 of Genesis. Uh, but we see an example of, of this uh, in uh, Job 26, verse 7. And I'll, I'll just read it to you. Uh, speaking of God, he stretches out the north over the void, tohu, and hangs the earth on nothing. Uh, and so... Uh, the, the two are, are parallel. When he says he stretches out the north over the, the void, a void is kind of an empty, empty space, uh, meaning tohu, uh, and hangs the earth on nothing. The, the two are uh, parallel ideas, so it helps us understand what, what tohu uh, means. Uh, and the NET Bible notes, they, they help explain uh, that the Hebrew word uh, for north, uh, tsaphon, uh, some see here a reference to Mount Zaphon of the Ugaritic texts, uh, the mountain that Baal made his home, which was one of their chief, their chief gods. Uh, the Hebrew writers often equate and contrast uh, Mount Zion, uh, and so that's, that's where God's temple was, uh, with this proud mountain of the north. Uh, of course, the word just means north, and so... In addition to any connotations for pagan mythology, it may just represent the northern skies, uh, the stars. Uh, since the parallel line speaks of the earth, uh, that's probably all that was intended uh, in this particular context. And so when it's talking about the, the north, it's just talking about the, the northern skies, uh, the, the stars. Uh, and it says that he stretches, God stretching out the, uh, the, the north uh, over uh, the the tohu, uh, it's parallel to the, the nothing they hangs the earth on. So it's, uh, as other translations have, it's just empty space. He's hanging it over empty space. Uh, and that's what, uh, that's what tohu uh, means. And we're, we're going to see this idea of emptiness uh, appearing uh, many, many times. Uh, and another uh, definition uh, is, uh, it's like a wasteland, uh, what is barren and void of use. 
uh, as tracts of unpopulated uh, land. Uh, and so barren, it's kind of like a, a desert uh, where it's, it's barren, doesn't have uh, vegetation, and doesn't have uh, really many inhabitants in it. Uh, and so in Deuteronomy 32, verse 10, uh, we see an example uh, of this. And speaking of God finding uh, Israel, his, his people, uh, he found him in a desert land, in the howling waste, Tohu, of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, uh, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, uh, bearing them on its pinions, the Lord alone guided him. No foreign god was with him. Uh, and so when it says he found him in the desert land uh, and in the howling waste of the wilderness, uh, more literally, uh, like in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, uh, it's a barren, tohu, howling wilderness. Uh, and howling, it's just like that, the animals, the, the wild animals uh, in the desert that, that howl. Uh, kind of like wolves and such, in uh, barren, showing that it's empty. Uh, in the uh, the NET translation, an empty, howling uh, wasteland. Uh, and so we see this idea again of a a, a barren land uh, that uh, that uh, is uninhabited, uh, and empty, uh, and unproductive, uh, and doesn't really uh, support uh, much life. Very much like a, a desert uh, or uh, a, a wasteland. Uh, and so uh, Matthews uh, about about this uh, verse in Deuteronomy 32 says, uh, Tohu and Bohu has the same sense in Genesis 1, uh, characterizing the earth as uninhabitable and inhospitable to human life. Uh, despite the threatening desert, God protects and matures Israel during its troubled times. Similarly, although the earth, as it stood, uh, could not support terrestrial life, that's earthly life, uh, it was no threat to God, whose spirit exercised dominion over it. God's purposes were not hindered by Tohu, for he did not create it, uh, the earth, to be Tohu, but formed it to be uh, in, inhabited. Uh, and that's actually from Isaiah 45, and we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and so, uh, again, we, we see this idea of barrenness, of, of emptiness. Uh, and so it do doesn't mean a, a, a chaos, like things are in utter disarray and in disorder or uh, anything like that. Uh, and I'll just give you three uh, short examples, again, uh, of, a, of a barren and a void land uh, that's, that's unpopulated. Uh, in Job 6, verse 18, uh, Job 12 verse 24 uh, in Psalm 107 verse 40. Now, I'll just read through these. Uh, the, the caravans turn aside from their course. They go up into the waste, tohu, uh, and perish. Uh, and so again, they're, they're going into, it's like a, a, a desert land. It's a, it's a barren land. Uh, he takes away understanding from the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a trackless waste. Uh, and then again, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in 
literally a, a trackless uh, waste, a uh, tohu. And so it, it's an area where he's, uh, he's making them uh, wander where it, it's trackless. There aren't tracks, there aren't roads, there aren't paths to go into. And so it's the sort of a, a barren land that you, would, you could get lost in uh, in these uh, cases. Uh, and then in uh, Isaiah 45, verse 18, and this is an important one. Uh, we're going to see again, like in Genesis 1, that now it's applied not just to like a, a desert or a wilderness, but it's applied to the, the earth as, as a whole, uh, like in, in Genesis. Uh, and starting in verse 17, uh, but Israel is saved by the Lord with everlasting salvation. You shall not be put to shame or confounded to all eternity. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens. He is God, who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty, tohu. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. And so you see this contrast. He did not create it tohu. Uh, He formed it to be inhabited. And this can help understand a word's meaning. When, when two are set in contrast and opposition, it, it helps us understand what the other one uh, means. Uh, and so his purpose in forming the earth in creation uh, was for it to be inhabited. Uh, and basically almost the opposite uh, of it is to create it a uh, tohu, uh, to create it so that it's, it's not inhabited uh, or it doesn't support inhabitation. Uh, and so again, the, the idea of emptiness, a uh, uh, barrenness, and not not a not chaos, not utter disorder and disarray uh, and mayhem or, or things like like that. Uh, and some say, oh, uh, but there's there's a contradiction here uh, between this and uh, this and Genesis, uh, because, well, uh, doesn't Isaiah say that he did not create it? Uh, Tohu, uh, but in Genesis uh, chapter one verse two, uh, a- after he created the earth, it says that the earth was tohu and bohu. And so, isn't this uh, a contradiction? But you have to pay attention to uh, Moses and Isaiah were making two very different points. Uh, Isaiah is just speaking about the the whole of creation, uh, and he he says. Uh, he formed it to be inhabited. His purpose was to make it inhabited, not not to to have it in th- this condition of, of emptiness. Uh, and if you read through through all of Genesis one, of course God's purpose wasn't for creation to be uh, empty. Uh, the the whole, whole uh, creation uh, it uh, it completes in God uh, filling everything. And so there's uh, there's life and there's. Uh, inhabitants and it's uh, filled and blessed and fruitful uh, and so there, there's really no uh, no contradiction at all between the two they're, they're making very different points Isaiah is just referring generally to creation uh, and then we'll, we'll begin to another passage like this in uh, Jeremiah 4 uh, verses 23 through 27 uh, but first we'll just look at a couple more, very, very quickly. Uh, a couple other meanings uh, is, uh, again, from the Dictionary of Biblical Languages, Hebrew, uh, what is worthless and lacking in value, uh, implying a very low status in some contexts. 
Uh, so what is worthless and lacking in value? Uh, and you could say, uh, what is void, uh, empty of use, worth, or value, uh, like idols uh, or actions or someone's uh, testimony uh, that's, that's empty and doesn't have uh, value, it doesn't have uh, truth to it. And so just an example of this. Uh, in 1 Samuel 12, uh, verse 21, and I'll begin in 19, uh, it says, uh, And all the people said to Samuel, uh, Samuel the prophet, uh, Pray for your servants uh, to the Lord your God, uh, that we may not die. Uh, for we have added to all our sins this evil, to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil. Yet, do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things, tohu, uh, that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty, tohu. Uh, and so we see here that it be, be like uh, idols. They, they can't profit you. They, they can't benefit you. They can't deliver or save you. Uh, only God uh, can profit. Only uh, by trusting in him can he deliver you uh, from from the enemies and from uh, threatening enemies and nations that come with their their swords uh, to uh, to harm them uh, and so these are empty things they're they're tohu uh, and then there are a bunch of others in Isaiah uh, chapters 40 and 41 where he contrasts uh, emptiness tohu with with nothing uh, and then even uh, Final meaning, uh, speech which is empty and void of truth, uh, so false in reasoning uh, or facts. And I'll just give one example uh, of this. Isaiah 59, verse uh, 4. No one enters suit justly. No one goes to law honestly. They rely on empty pleas, tohu. Uh, they speak lies. They conceive mischief and give birth to Iniquity, and so we see that that the empty pleas they're uh, bringing their case to court, but they're uh, they're void, they're empty of truth, and so they're they're empty pleas, and they they mislead and they uh, falsely try to to have people uh, condemned and such, and bring empty pleas to to court. Uh, and then we'll see this word tohu. We, we can now pair it with uh, bohu, uh, its its counterpart. Uh, and Bohu uh, just appears three three times. Uh, and the Logos Bible Sense Lexicon just defines it as a, a void, uh, an empty area or, or space. Uh, and so, for example, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 4, and you might want to turn there, uh, chapter 4, verses 23 through 27. Oops, at first I was trying to look where it would be in my Hebrew Bible. Uh, the order is different. <laughs> we'll read through a good chunk of this. Uh, starting in verse 17. Uh, but once we get to 23, then we'll, we'll see the tohu and bohu. So, actually verse 16. Uh, Warn the nations that he is coming, 
Uh, and this, this is a judgment context on Judah in Jerusalem. Uh, Judah is the, uh, the, the southern, uh, southern nation uh, after the, the nation was split into two. Warn the nations that he is coming. Announce to Jerusalem. Besiegers come from a distant land. They shout against the cities of Judah. Like keepers of a field uh, are they against her all around. Because she has rebelled against me, declares the Lord. Your ways and your deeds have brought this upon you. This is your doom and it is bitter. It has reached your very heart. My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart. My heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep silent. For I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Crash follows hard on crash. The whole land is laid waste. Suddenly my tents are laid waste. My curtains in a moment. How long must I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are wise in doing evil. But how to do good, they know not. I look on the earth, and behold, it was without form and void, tohu and bohu, and to the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking, and all the hills moved to and fro. I looked, and behold, there was no man, and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was a desert, and all its cities were laid in ruins uh, before the Lord, before his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be a desolation, yet I will not make a full land. For this earth shall mourn, the heavens above be dark, for I have spoken, I have purposed, I have not relented, nor will I turn back. At the noise of the horsemen and archer, every city takes flight, they enter into the thickets, they climb among the rocks, all the cities are forsaken, and no man dwells in them. And so we, we see here that uh, that in, in this case, it's basically the, the polar opposite of Genesis, uh, where Genesis is a, a creation account, and you start with a, a, a barren, uh, uninhabited, empty uh, earth and heavens, uh, that God is going to uh, remove this barrenness. Uh, where there's darkness, he's going to uh, bring light, uh, and he's going to make it a, a, a thriving a land full of vegetation, uh, full of inhabitants and creatures and man, uh, and give them dominion over it and bless them and uh, uh, call them to, to multiply and to be, to be fruitful. Uh, but in Jeremiah, we see a land that, uh, that was, uh, it was not barren. Uh, it was populated and filled with, with man and with birds. And uh, it was an area where the, the sun, moon, and stars uh, shone upon, uh, upon the land. Uh, but uh, it, it turns from this uh, into a barren, uh, into a wasteland. Uh, and it becomes dark and men and birds all flee from it. So now suddenly the, the cities are like a barren land and they're like, they're like a, a desert. Uh, and some, uh, some actually uh, take this 
uh, where they'll say, well, see, uh, the words tohu and bohu uh, show up here. And so Genesis uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, uh, there, there must actually be a judgment here. Uh, but if you think about it, uh, Jeremiah wasn't written for uh, about 800 years after the time of Moses. Uh, his readers wouldn't be thinking of uh, of these things. Uh, and also in Genesis, you don't hear anything about judgment. Uh, you don't hear things about uh, about uh, death. You don't hear things about sword, famine, and, and wild beasts, or plagues, or uh, violence, or any sort of thing like like that. Uh, they're they're really a total a total opposites. Uh, and uh, Matthew's uh, th- this is what he says about about these verses. Uh, Jeremiah four uh, verses twenty three through twenty six clearly reflects the creation language of Genesis one, uh, and the prophecy has uh, been commonly understood as a metaphorical reversal of creation. Uh, that leads to primordial chaos. And primordial, it's just looking to the the first state of things. Uh, Thus, Jeremiah announced that Judah would be uncreated uh, as a consequence of God's judgment, uh, rather than a primordial chaos. Uh, Rather than a primordial chaos, however, uh, Jeremiah used the similar imagery of creation so as to announce uh, that the land of Judah will become a desolate place as was the earth before its creation. That is, a land lifeless without the blessing of God. This is explicated uh, in the following oracle, Jeremiah uh, 4, uh, verses 27 through 29, where the whole land uh, will be ruined. Similarly, Isaiah 34, verse 11, describes desolate and empty, tohu and bohu, Edom, which, as a desert place, becomes unfit for habitation, and hence absent of life, uh, except that of the desert fowl. Uh, Moreover, uh, the the prophet's use of tohu and bohu does not require us to conclude that the earth, in Genesis 1 verse 2, uh, as a first creation, is under God's judgment. Rather, Jeremiah drew on creation imagery to announce that God would dismantle the nation. Just as God made the earth habitable and alive, God had established Judah in the land alive and prosperous. But now God in his wrath would reduce Judah to barrenness by the expulsion of its people as when the earth uh, at its inception had no light, no people, and no birds in the skies. Uh, And then just in a footnote, he says, uh, the point is, that Judah will experience exile, which means an expulsion from the land, leaving the land subject to the wild and thus as lifeless and unproductive as it was before God blessed Israel in the land. Here it corresponds to the lifeless earth at creation. So now if we go back to to Genesis and and apply all that we've learned about tohu and uh, bohu, uh, we we see that uh, it's similar to like a a desert. Uh, Desert is, uh, it's 
it's barren, it's unproductive, uh, un uninhabited. Uh, but here uh, we, we see that the earth, uh, the earth was uh, tohu and bohu, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, and so we see that the earth is covered in the, the deep, it's covered in water, uh, and there's no, uh, there's no dry land yet. Uh, and so it's kind of like a, 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 a watery uh, desert uh, that is barren and unproductive uh, and uninhabited. Uh, and so it's, it's uh, not that it's formless, although there, there might be some truth there. Uh, and it's certainly not, not a chaos. Things aren't in, in disarray. Uh, things aren't upset. There's, there's nothing concerning. There's nothing eerie. There's nothing frightening uh, here. But God is uh, in control. And this is just the, the state of the, the earth as he's made it uh, in, incomplete. Uh, and so, uh, as we said before, the, uh, the heavens and the earth, when God uh, first creates them, uh, they are to, to, to the creator uh, what a, a, a primed canvas is uh, to a painter uh, or what a, a fresh lump of clay uh, is to the potter uh, or what a, a newly laid foundation uh, is to the builder. Uh, the... the painter's painting, uh, it's not ready to be viewed. Uh, the, the potter's vessel is not ready for use. Uh, and the, the builder's uh, building, it's not ready to, uh, to, to live in. But God has uh, laid the foundation uh, and it's, it's set before him. Uh, and in the following six days, uh, he's, going to, uh, he's going to turn it from uh, barrenness uh, to make it a, a productive land uh, and from emptiness uh, to being uh, in, inhabited. Uh, and then it will be ready for, uh, for man to dwell in and so he can uh, give him dominion over it. And uh, Matthews uh, says, the, the theological significance of this was not lost on the ancient reader who recognized its polemical undertones regarding pagan cosmogonies. Now, uh, polemical just means uh, it's an argument that's that's on the attack, uh, and so he's uh, on the attack against these uh, these uh, pagan views and in, in myths. Uh, but he says it's it's undertones. It's not it's not like he's uh, setting each myth up and uh, trying to knock it down, but by presenting the the true view of creation uh, that uh, the, the pagan myths just don't don't hold water. Uh, and cosmogony just means uh, it's just a, a, a theory or a, a story, a view of how the cosmos, uh, cosmogony, uh, came to be, how it originated. Uh, the poets and prophets recognized the theological implications of God's rule over the earth's primordial elements, uh, the, the first elements, whereas the hero god in the cosmogonic myths is threatened. Uh, the god of the Hebrews had no battle to rage uh, for control and ownership of creation. He is depicted as creator and sole proprietor, owner. There is no reason to fear that deified forces like escaped convicts are racing around the universe, play, playing havoc with nature and society, 
Uh, according to the biblical depiction of beginnings, the barren earth is made productive by the divine royal word, which grants and ensures productivity in life. Uh, this the- theologically speaks to any present or future threat to God's kingdom. By faith, his people affirm their trust in his irrevocable rule. Uh, And so God is sovereign and ruler over all things. And unlike the myths, uh, these natural elements are not threats to him. Uh, And even in the myths, the gods themselves are the natural elements. You, You have a god of storm, a god of lightning, a god of earth and water and things things like that but th- these are just god's god's creation uh, there's there's no chaos or, or threat about it and so that that covers uh, uh the the question of what does tohu uh in, in bohu mean uh basically barren barren and empty Uh, And then, uh, in the next part of verse 2, it says, And darkness was over the face of the deep. Uh, And now, uh, there there are some who again treat darkness and uh, will will suggest that if you look throughout the the Bible, uh, darkness has uh, bad implications, uh, uh, brings ideas of of evil and uh, distress and uh, things like that, and uh, so th- this isn't this isn't necessarily a good thing that darkness was over the the face of the deep. Uh, but as Matthew says, uh, darkness here it's just a it's just a created entity of God. Uh, there's there's nothing uh, negative about it, uh, and uh, it, he he knows something that, that I noticed as well. Uh, if you look on day day one. Starting with verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. So the the darkness, it's just night. It's just uh, evening and the, it says there's there's nothing uh, there's nothing bad there's nothing uh, worrisome about this uh, there's no uh, no no judgment and uh, in fact he declares everything very good uh, at the end of his creation and there's nothing wrong with the darkness there's nothing wrong with night and with evening and the the original creation and one thing you have to be very wary of uh, if you listen to to a preacher, or you read a commentary, or even when you're listening to me, uh, it's to listen for uh, overgeneralizations. Uh, if someone says that uh, night uh, is always bad, uh, whenever you find or whenever you find darkness in the Bible, it's it's always bad, so it must be bad here. Uh, or whenever you see seas, they're they're always chaotic and they're they're always bad things associated with that. But that's an overgeneralization. I mean, sometimes, yeah, uh, they, they might be. It might uh, give those ideas, but you have to pay close attention to what the, the author means and uh, how, how he uses it. And watch out for, for overgeneralizations. Uh, as Matthews also points out, uh, sometimes God says he dwells in thick darkness uh, and in, in cloud. And uh, there's nothing uh, bad about that. 
Uh, and then people also say this about the, the waters uh, and the, uh, the deep. Uh, but we also see that God creates uh, the, the waters, uh, waters good. Uh, and uh, as Matthews points out, if you go through uh, Genesis and Exodus, uh, God is sovereign. He's the ruler over waters. Uh, not only does he create them, uh, but eventually when man rebels against him and becomes so evil, God uses the waters to destroy the creation, to destroy evil, wicked humanity, uh, and to spare uh, only eight. Uh, and then in the Exodus, when he's bringing uh, the Israelites, the, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's bringing them out of Egypt. He, uh, he parts uh, the, the waters so that they can safely cross through. Uh, and they're no problem for God. God commands the waters. Uh, and But when Pharaoh and his army go through to try and kill God's people, uh, God closes the waters upon them and drowns uh, his, his entire army. And so God rules over the waters. He rules uh, over, over darkness. Uh, and so there's, there's no chaos and there's no uh, evil going on here. These are just God's created things. Uh, and in the rest of creation, we'll, we'll see he'll turn the barrenness uh, uh, into pr- productivity and he'll, turn the, uh, he'll bring about uh, where there's just darkness, he'll bring about light. Uh, and this brings us to the, the, the third uh, translational issue. Uh, it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, and so this is the, the Ruah of God. Uh, and Ruah can mean, uh, it can mean uh, breath, uh, it can mean wind, uh, and it can mean uh, spirit, uh, either for the, the Holy Spirit or uh, for just the, the spirit of, of man, uh, or even uh, uh, an evil uh, spirit. Uh, and so the, the question is, uh, does this refer to uh, the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit uh, hovering over, over the waters? Uh, or is this a, a wind from, from God going over the, the waters? Uh, just an, an example, uh, in Genesis 8 verse 1, uh, we, we have the word ruah, but in this case, it, it's wind. Uh, but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. Uh, now, uh, this phrase, though, uh, Ruah of God, uh, Actually, when, whenever we, we find this uh, in, in the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew Old Testament, uh, it appears 16 times. Uh, in 12 of those 16 times, uh, it refers to uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the Spirit uh, of God. Uh, and it needs, uh, it needs no, uh, no qualification. Uh, it's just the, the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. The Four uh, other times uh, are all in 1 Samuel, uh, in chapters 16 and 18. Uh, And in this case, it's uh, a harmful spirit from God. Uh, And three of the times it's explicitly qualified as a harmful spirit from God. So it it can't be confused. And the other time, uh, the, the verses next to it make it absolutely clear 
that it's a harmful spirit again. And so it needs to be qualified. Uh, and so this phrase is it's just a common phrase that's used uh, for, uh, for the, the Holy uh, Spirit. Uh, as the, the NET Bible notes say, uh, elsewhere in the Old Testament, the phrase refers consistently to the divine spirit uh, that empowers and energizes uh, individuals. Uh, and uh, as Matthew says, uh, basically in verse 2, uh, that it, it seems to give it more, uh, more theological content, more, more about God and his, his spirit over the waters. And it's the, the spirit who, uh, who throughout the Bible that uh, renews uh, and gives life. He's the one who, uh, who empowers uh, men and women for service to God and uh, to believers, uh, such as uh, kings and uh, prophets and uh, even craftsmen. Uh, and so I, I believe here that the, the best explanation that this is the, uh, the, the spirit of God uh, over, over the waters. Uh, and Matthew says, uh, unlike the pagan stories, Israel knows of no chaos gods who trouble its Lord. The primordial gods of pagan myths are no more than natural phenomena. The spirit, Ruah, of God was hovering over the earth, that is, presiding over the earth and preparing it for the creative word to follow. The spirit alone is a moving animated while the elements of the lifeless earth remain static, passive, awaiting their command. And so we see God is in control over all of these things and uh, it's nothing like the, the, the myths and the, the stories. Uh, and so then we'll see that th this provides the, uh, the, the background uh, for uh, the, the six days of creation that follows. Uh, the earth was, uh, you, you could say, a, a barren or a wasteland and empty, uh, and darkness uh, was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, and mostly in days uh, one through three, uh, we'll see that God will take away this barrenness and make it uh, a productive, uh, a productive land, uh, and ready to be inhabited. And then in the the next three days, four through six, uh, He's going to uh, inhabit and populate uh, the the land. Uh, but we also said that uh, that can also be careful. It's not too simplistic, because He's also going to bring light where there was darkness, and He's going to to work with the the waters too. Uh, and then uh, Matthew's, uh, since he's, uh, he's very helpful on, on these parts, I think, I uh, have uh, one more uh, quote from him. Just kind of summarizing these things. Uh, since verse 1 clearly indicates that God created everything uh, that we know as the universe, uh, the earth, uh, in verse 2, had its origins ultimately in God. Moreover, in the creation account, the elements of verse 2 are not a hindrance or aid to God's creation. 
uh, of other elements, uh, ex nihilo, uh, or to God's creation of other elements, ex nihilo, out of nothing, uh, such as light in verse 3, uh, the expanse in verse 6, uh, and the celestial lights in verse 14. The notion of creation, ex nihilo, out of nothing, furthermore, is uh, reasonably derived from the passage when we consider the polemical undertones of chapter 1, uh, which distances Israel's view of cosmogony, uh, the origin of the cosmos, from the ancient opinion that there once existed primordial forces that were the source of the creator God. Boy, does that thing, uh, that turn everything on its head. The, the, the forces were the source of the, uh, of the gods, uh, but here God is the source of, of everything. Uh, in biblical religion, God's, God has no antecedents, no one who comes before him, uh, or nothing uh, that comes before him, no companions and no antagonists. As in the case uh, with the subsequent creative events, verses 3 through 31, the origin of the earth in verses 1 and 2 can be attributed to divine fiat. That is uh, best reckoned with the first day. Uh, and so we, we see that God uh, created the, the earth uh, in Genesis 1 and he ultimately creates it to put a man over the earth to give him dominion uh, and to give blessing uh, and fruitfulness to him so that man would flourish and so the, the creation would, uh, would flourish uh, and uh, ultimately to give him rule with God ruling over, uh, over all. Uh, and we'll, we'll see this with, uh, with Adam and Eve, uh, but we, we don't know exactly how long it lasted. But uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really last very long, uh, does it, before we get to uh, Genesis chapter 3. Uh, and there uh, they rebel against God. They, they rebel against the, the one commandment that God gave them. Uh, and through Adam and Eve's rebellion and the, the rebellion of Adam uh, came uh, sin uh, and the curse uh, and uh, death uh, and suffering into the world. Uh, now, where everything was very good uh, beforehand, uh, now uh, you even have natural evil. Uh, the world is full of uh, earthquakes. Uh, as I heard Albert Muller say recently, uh, we, we can't even count uh, about the, the earth staying steady under our, our feet. We, or our feet. Uh, we, we take that uh, for, for granted. There are uh, earthquakes, there are tornadoes and uh, hurricanes and tsunamis, uh, and so now the uh, the the seas and uh, the earth and everything that was very good, uh, evil has has come uh, into the world and and uh, disaster, uh, and uh, really uh, all people uh, have rebelled against God. Uh, uh, all people uh, have sinned against God, uh, as uh, as Adam has. Uh, and ultimately, God is not just the, the creator of the whole earth, uh, but he's also the, the judge. Uh, and everyone's going to have to give an account to God uh, for every uh, careless uh, word, for every, uh, every evil thought and uh, intention of, of the heart. Uh, and uh, ultimately, that's why 
uh, people die. Uh, that's why death comes to, uh, comes to all people. And ultimately, uh, with judgment will come uh, the second death, uh, eternal death. Uh, but we also see that in Scripture uh, that God purposed that he's going to restore blessing. He's going to restore fruitfulness uh, to the earth. Uh, and also to a new humanity. Uh, he's going to put uh, the, the earth uh, and all of the creatures back under their feet uh, and so that there is a flourishing once more and uh, peace and, and joy uh, and man will once again uh, dwell with God. Uh, and that's why uh, he sent forth uh, his, uh, his son. Uh, uh, the, the son uh, is a, a member uh, of the Trinity. Uh, as we said earlier, the, the Father, Son, uh, and the Spirit are the one true God. Uh, they have existed uh, eternally uh, as distinct uh, persons uh, together in perfect harmony uh, as the one true God. Uh, the Father uh, is God, the, the Son is God, uh, the Spirit is God, and there is a one God, uh, but it's only the Son who took on flesh, who took on a human nature, uh, and who entered into our world uh, and was born of the, the Virgin Mary, uh, and he lived uh, the, the sinless life. Uh, and he also came uh, the first time, uh, although he was the, uh, the anointed king. Uh, they would uh, anoint kings with oil, but God uh, anoints his kings uh, with his spirit and empowers him by, uh, by the spirit of God. Uh, but he came the, the first time to live the sinless life and to be rejected uh, by his own people, uh, to be crucified, uh, to, to die, uh, and to be uh, re resurrected uh, from the dead. Uh, and in doing that, uh, he bore uh, the curse. He bore uh, the death and condemnation uh, that uh, we all deserve uh, because of our sin against God. Uh, and uh, through him, uh, he uh, removed the sins of all who turn from their sin and trust in him uh, and uh, appease the, the wrath of God. And so now God, uh, the just and holy God, uh, can uh, justly forgive uh, the sins uh, of all who will turn from their their sin, uh, who will uh, turn from uh, turn from their idolatry, uh, turn from uh, what they're trusting in, and trust alone in uh, in the eternal Son of God, uh, the the only uh, and perfect uh, Savior uh, between uh, God and man. Uh, and then. Uh, he also uh, earned uh, eternal life so that, uh, so that we can uh, reign with him uh, and God will make a new heavens and a new earth. Uh, and we see this in Revelation verse 20. we'll just read by or conclude by uh, reading uh, some some of these uh, sections 
and we could definitely read through a lot, a lot more. But just in these short sections, uh, see what you can pick out. Are, are there any references uh, back to uh, the book of, of Genesis and uh, chapter 1? And I'm sure we'll revisit uh, some of the sections we, we don't read tonight. And actually, uh, Revelation uh, 20, 21, beginning in verse 1. This is the Apostle John speaking. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, uh, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then jumping to verse 22. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, And so here we, we see a glimpse of the uh, the, the kingdom to come, the, the new heavens and the new earth, uh, which are going to be, uh, although the, the former ones were uh, very good and complete, uh, these ones are, are, are even uh, better. Uh, and there, there are promises for, uh, for everyone who, who trusts in God and whose trust is in uh, Christ, the, the lamb who is, who is slain from the, the foundation of the, the earth. 
uh, that they will uh, once again uh, dwell with God. Uh, and there, there will never be sin anymore. Uh, there will never be a murder. There will never be uh, idolatry and any, uh, and any evil. And uh, really, this is the, the hope of, uh, of all uh, who, who trust in God. And uh, so, uh, as we've talked about, even from the, uh, the beginning of Genesis, uh, we see, uh, for example, in like chapter 49, it's already looking to the end. It's, uh, and even before that, it's looking for a, a coming kingdom. It's looking for the, the restoration and the, the redemption of, of all things. Uh, for, uh, although it sounds like it would have been great to live in the, the former uh, heavens and earth, but uh, very, very quickly, uh, corruption and sin uh, and the curse crept uh, crept into them, uh, and so uh, this lays the the basis now where uh, we can just uh, just work through uh, the the six days and uh, arrive at the the completion of God's uh, God's perfect and, and very uh, very good creation. And so, I'm looking to forward to that in the the coming weeks. And so, uh, let's just uh, pray, and then we we can uh, close. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this this word in the the book of Genesis, and uh, to see that that you have no uh, no competitors. You're uh, before all things and over all things, and that uh, you alone are God, and uh, everything else is your creation. And even though uh, the the earth has been cursed and there's sin and evil and natural evil and uh, earthquakes in the world that uh, we can trust you that ultimately you're in control and that uh, if our hope is in you and our love for you and for your son then ultimately you will work all things for our good and I pray that you would give us uh, confidence in you and also hope in your your promises that uh, what you say about the the new heavens and the new earth uh, truly will come to pass uh, as sure as it is that that Christ has come uh, that he was seen by many eyewitnesses that he fulfilled the scriptures that that we have in our hands that said that he would come to to suffer and bear the the sins of his people uh, there's sure as those things are that ultimately uh, the day is coming uh, when you will establish uh, your kingdom which will be an eternal kingdom and uh, ultimately uh, we will uh, reign with Christ and we will be uh, adopted sons and daughters and that uh, we will know you uh, face to face and uh, have uh, peace and uh, joy uh, for forevermore and I pray that you would just teach us and instruct us in in your ways uh, that you would teach us your word and uh, give us hope and uh, that you'd build us up by by your spirit and by your word and uh, that uh, ultimately uh, we would uh, give all uh, praise and thanks to you and uh, to to your son. Uh, and so we 
thank you for these things and we thank you uh, for the the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, in his name we pray. Amen.